Welcome to Our Social Impact, brought to you by the Prison Scholar Fund. Its mission provides education and employment assistance to help those currently and formerly incarcerated succeed and thrive in society while avoiding homelessness and the revolving door of reincarceration. The PSF also advocates for reform in correctional education to increase opportunity for all. As a nonprofit, we rely on investments, volunteers, and are always looking for board members to champion our mission. Please connect with us through our website at prisonscholars.org, where you can find volunteer opportunities, make a contribution, and learn about becoming a board member. You can also send an email to info at prisonscholars.org. Find us through most social media platforms at Prison Scholars. Become a patron by supporting us directly at Patreon with at Prison Scholars. Without further ado, here's Dirk Van Belzen, founder and CEO of the Prison Scholar Fund. So welcome to our social impact. Today we have Rochelle Gorey, CEO of Springform. Welcome to the show, Rochelle. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm honored to be here. Thank you, Dirk. So tell us all about Spring 4. What do you guys do there? Sure. So yeah, I'm the founder and CEO of Spring 4. We are a certified B fintech company headquartered here in Chicago. So thank you for visiting us here in Chicago today. I love the Windy City. <laughs> and at Spring 4, we believe that when people are experiencing financial challenges, it's because something's happening in their life that makes it impossible for them to pay. So at Spring 4, we are connecting consumers, borrowers with local vetted nonprofit and government resources that can help address the reason behind their lack of payment. So connecting them to vetted resources that reduce household expenses, increase cash flow. And by addressing those root causes behind their lack of payment, we can get people paying and saving again. So we're really trying to change the way that the world deals with people who get behind on their bills um, or are living paycheck to paycheck. So what's your background? How did you get into this line of work? Yeah, so, well, I spent my entire career working in nonprofit affordable housing community reinvestment, putting together partnerships between financial institutions and nonprofits. I also, in that work, um, spent a lot of time around uh, policy work, innovation, creating new programs, working on uh, legislation and policy that would make homeownership opportunities possible, and then looking at how do we make certain that when people get into homes, they're able to sustain that opportunity, which led me to work on foreclosure intervention programs and strategies. Um, and essentially, what I was seeing was that there were way too many families who were losing their homes to foreclosure because they didn't know where to turn for help when they needed it most. And was this before the economic meltdown or kind of during it? It, it actually was before. It was in 2005. So working at the community level, we really saw the writing on the wall. We saw a lot of mortgages being made that probably shouldn't have been made that weren't sustainable and families were experiencing uh, delinquency and foreclosure. So you kind of saw it coming. We did. But you didn't short it? <laughs> <laughs> no, shoot. <laughs> no, but uh, so, you know, we would see families who, you know, weren't talking about their financial challenges, their struggles. Um, they were coming to us or we were finding them through the nonprofit work that we were doing. And unfortunately, they were being taken advantage by unscrupulous actors who were, you know, approaching them saying, hey, I'll help you get a loan modification, but you have to pay me. Well, 
No, actually you, you pick up the phone, you call your lender, you tell them that you're behind on your mortgage and you work with them to create, you know, uh, alternatives. But um, so anyways, I really had this realization that there were so many great nonprofits and government agencies out there that could assist people, but people just didn't know about them. You know, people don't share when they're experiencing financial challenges. So uh, we decided, hey, let's build a technology solution that we can use to easily direct people to vetted nonprofit organizations that would want to help them, that would have their best interests in mind. So are you doing that? Who like who develops a platform? Or is it a platform or an app or how do? Yeah. So uh, we have two products. They're cloud-based, and uh, we have a tech team that develops all of that because I'm the visionary. <laughs> I do not have a techno. So you have people for that. <laughs> yeah, I have people for that. Um, and so getting back to your question about you know why I started the company, the other thing um, that I came to realize is that. You know, I grew up in a low-income household. We didn't have a lot of extra money in my family. Uh, I'm the product of two social workers who, you know, unfortunately, social workers don't make a lot of money. Um, and there were different times in my family's life that we had to rely on, you know, outside resources. And, and that's okay. Like, there should be resources for people when they're struggling. And I think that really helped inform me and my journey to entrepreneurship. So it sounds like it's pretty well embedded in you, but it also sounds like you kind of created this ethos for your, your family to also care about other things. Both of my children, we've been involved in a local campaign. So we live, we have lived in a historically red district. And um, for the first time in 40 years, I believe, our district, we flipped the house to blue this past uh, election and elected our first Democratic congressman. And uh both of my daughters worked on his campaign and actually they were involved and volunteered on his campaign before I did and they actually got me to get involved wow. and work on the campaign. So we did a lot of grassroots campaigning, door knocking, stuffing envelopes. And what was that person's name? Uh, Congressman Caston, Sean Caston. Okay. It's uh, Illinois District 6 and he's doing a great job and he is actually a huge uh, climate change person. He was uh, an entrepreneur as well, um, involved in the energy movement and not a career politician. This is actually his first elected uh, position and he, he won and he's doing some great things. Oh, that's awesome. So I met you a couple years ago, what was it 2017? Yes. At the PwC Points of Light Civic Accelerator. And how did that program work out for you? Because you won it. You came in first place, right? I did, yes. Um, but that's not why I was a part of it. It was an amazing experience. I think there were 12 companies total, so yeah. including Spring 4 that participated in it. And our challenge, or it was uh, 12 companies that were working on uh, financial health issues. And it was a really interesting, great program. I think one of the best things that came out of it was the interaction and the opportunity to learn from other um, founders of nonprofit and uh, for-profit organizations, FinTech companies. So I met you, which was great. And I remember the first day we had all stand up and introduce ourselves and you stood up and said what you were working on. But then you said, and I was, uh, formerly incarcerated, and it yeah. and it blew me away. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we got, we got a great story. We're trying to you know open up opportunity for other people, 
And uh, kind of along those lines, we were really excited because one of our guys who was incarcerated for 17 years just got out under the First Step Act. So, you know, he, we helped him get his bachelor's degree. He's, he's working on his MBA right now. So he just got out and we're going to try to find a place for him to finish his MBA. Amazing. That's so great. So you, it, was, it was a great introduction on Spring 4. Can you really drill down what exactly you do and how you connect people to your services? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I would love to do that because I think, um, you know, what we're doing is is sort of new. There aren't a lot of companies doing what we're doing, but essentially we are really trying to create new and innovative ways to help and deal with people who are experiencing financial challenges. And the reality is 70% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. So um, when I say, you know, trying to help people who are financially unhealthy, I mean, that's the majority of us. Most people are living paycheck to paycheck and can't afford a $400 unexpected expense. And so if you have something unexpected happen and you don't have any money in savings, it's really going to derail you um, and your financial uh, plans or obligations. So Essentially, what Spring 4 does is we have two products that are used primarily by the financial services industry, but also nonprofits and other fintech companies utilize us to help people when they can't pay their bills. So when, if you imagine somebody who's behind on their mortgage or their credit or their auto loan, they're getting calls from that lender or bank's collection agents. And... Up until now, the conversation has always been basically, hey, where's my money? You're late. <laughs> I need you to pay you know, $500 or whatever, kind of whatever it is. Well, the reality is I really truly believe that most people, if they had that money, they would be paying you. Nobody wants to be behind on their bills. It's stressful. It's not a good feeling. Um, and so what we're doing is creating new ways of changing that conversation by equipping and arming those uh, collection agents with Spring 4 resources. So now when they make that call, or if you're calling in and saying I'm behind on my mortgage, the bank now can say, I understand you're having problems. Would you like resources? Would you like referrals to an organization that might be able to help you with your situation? What does that help look like that they get referred to? Yeah, great question. So we have I built up a very vast database of nonprofit and government organizations in 30 different spending or service categories. So anything from heating and utility assistance to help reducing prescription drug costs, if you're unemployed or underemployed, employment resources, job training, you know, senior services, home repair. Really? Yeah. So you really kind of like take the pressure off of the financial burden. like. There might be a lot of resources they don't know about. Exactly. So people, that's what... It's like, hey, I can't pay my loan because I owe, I have to pay my heating. Right. Because they, there's actually a program that helps you with the heating. Exactly. Or, you know, let's say it's January in Chicago and your furnace breaks. And because there's only two seasons here, right? <laughs> yeah. Winter, winter and winter. <laughs> winter and construction. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if your heater goes out and you, you know, it's 20 below zero, you're absolutely going to take whatever money you have to fix that heater and worry about paying your mortgage or auto loan later. So what we're doing is creating opportunities to connect people to those resources that can help reduce household expenses increase cash flow and then they're able to you know whatever savings they find through spring four apply that to any past due um, bills and then hopefully we're getting people to a point where 
um, they've uh, gotten back on track and then they can begin to put money aside for savings. Maybe they never were able to really put money aside for, for savings. Now you take $25, $50 a month and contribute that to you know, college, retirement, or just a regular savings fund. We're helping put people in a much better position, um, helping people to achieve financial health. And we're actually doing that because we've done some case studies with some of our clients and, you know, they're seeing that repayment rates are increasing. Um, the consumer is happy and loves their bank now because now the bank has assisted them in this time of need and it wasn't what they were expecting. They're blown away by it. Um, and so we're finding that um, not only are people catching up on their delinquent balances, they're even paying more. And, you know, I don't think we have the hard proof on, on the why behind that, but I'll tell you why I think it is. It's because now they are really feeling great about that bank. They, they want to go that extra step and make it up and pay uh, that obligation so that we've moved that bill to the top of the pile. Interesting. Now, I know in Seattle, we have a lot of people that are experiencing homelessness and they kind of, a lot of them are like, as you mentioned, one paycheck away from being in a tough spot. Mm -hmm. um, so how does maybe homelessness tie into what you do here or do you have a big problem with that in Chicago? I'm not really sure what your Yeah, oh, your, well, sure. Yeah, absolutely. We have a huge homeless problem. We're not working at that at the front end of that, but I think hopefully our solution is helping prevent additional yeah, if homeless. If, ahead of time. Yeah, if we can uh, connect to resources that are alleviating that sort of crisis moment. Um, and then, you know, we also, we connect people to housing and financial uh, counselors as well. So the banks probably really like it because A, they're being paid back. And it sounds like maybe some of your clients might not be so financially savvy. So they might not know some of the instruments of the banks you can even have to offer them, retirement vehicles, things like that. Exactly. And our premise is, um, you know, if we can help people on the front end, um, so this isn't just a delinquency or collection strategy as well. Um, if you think about somebody who wants to get into home ownership for the first time, if you can help, again, reduce those household expenses, that means that they're going to be able to qualify for a mortgage maybe they couldn't have qualified for before or qualify for a larger mortgage. Um, and so that can go a long way to uh, helping a person uh, take advantage of those bank products, or you address the issue in one area, and now they're able to qualify for a, a better credit card or a different credit card or an auto loan that they wouldn't have been able to qualify this for sounds, before. Sounds, sounds super amazing. So how do you monetize this? Who's, who's got to pay for it? Oh, great question. <laughs> so our revenue model is, so we are um, B2B to C, so we don't do any direct to consumers. So uh, our customers are the banks, you know, the fintech organizations, hopefully one day an employer will use us to provide the same benefits to their employees that banks are providing to their customers. Um, so they uh, pay to use our technology. So they license our call center tool. And then we have another tool, which is called Spring 4 Direct or S4 Direct. It is usually co-branded. It sits on a bank's consumer-facing website so their borrowers can 24-7 um, put in their zip code and find nonprofit and government resources that can help them. So it sounds like just on an online platform, there's a call center. Do you have a, a, some kind of chat agent too they can connect with? Uh, we don't. They're connecting directly with the bank's gotcha. call, call okay. center. Um, so just to be clear, there's never, ever a cost to the consumer to access these resources. So from the very beginning, 
our idea was, you know, we're going to create this product and we're going to get banks to pay for it to help their customers. Um, and then the other thing is that um, we derive no revenue or earn any affiliate fees from any of the organizations that are in our database. We want to remain a trusted third party source of information. And so we have a professional data team that works for Spring 4 that's vetting and curating all of those resources. So we're really proud of um, you know, our revenue model. And I think it differentiates us from a lot of organizations out there that yes, they'll refer consumers to products and services, but they earn a fee from that. So how does a customer find out about you? Is it, if they might be in a financially tough spot, they, they go to the banks, see you on the bank's website, or do you have your own platform that they go to you first? Yeah, no. You have that education Yeah, no, well. we're not direct to consumer. So essentially it's available only through the banks that subscribe to Spring 4 or, you know, the nonprofits or the fintech organizations. Um, so from like an entrepreneurial standpoint, talk about building the relationships with the banks because that, that sounds like it's yeah. not an easy thing to do. <laughs> it's not <laughs> at all. Um, I mean, it's getting easier the longer that, you know, we're around and the Wait. more banks that we bring on. And how long have you been around? And like, kind of talk about that journey for, you know, establishing yeah. relationships for entrepreneurs. Yeah. So we started our company in 2005. So from, I would say from, we're still referred to as a startup, but I, I suppose we're a little bit of an old startup. Have you wanted to find the hockey stick? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> the thing is, I think, you know, when we started our company, and I do have a co-founder, Dr. Michael Collins. He and I started it together. He's now a professor at University of Wisconsin-Madison and leads the Center for Financial Security there. But, you know, we just saw this problem and we thought, hey, let's try and solve it. And I don't think I knew the term startup at the time. I There certainly was not the term fintech. Um, and so, you know, we worked on this slowly. I, I would say it was sort of like a side project. And because he and I had both worked in affordable housing community reinvestment, we had relationships with um, banks and the mortgage servicing world. And I think I was naive. I thought, oh, we're gonna build this and we're gonna present it to all these banks and boom. And they're going to love it. And they're going to love it, and it'll be, like, super fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long did it take no. to get the first partnership? Um, well, I think about three years, but we had to build up the data. Yeah, and who's paying for all of this? Is it Are you bootstrapping it, credit cards, and running it from your house? Uh, yes, but super proud to say we bootstrapped it with only a $10,000 investment. Wow. We Get the credit cards out of it. Yeah. We never put anything on credit card, never got a line of credit, never got a bank loan. That's expensive money. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, but I mean, I think our idea was, well, we have to build this and then we sell it. And if you can't sell it, well, then you probably shouldn't be in business, right? So we went, it's like old fashioned. <laughs> we went and created something and then you know, we know it's valuable if somebody will pay us for it. So, so. you did the MVP before the Lean Startup came out. Came out. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know. I had no idea about any of that. Um, so, you know, now we are so proud that we are working with some of the, you know, major financial institutions in the country, U.S. Bank, BMO Harris, PNC, KeyBank. Really? Um, yes. Well, who's your first? Well, our first large bank was U.S. Bank. Okay. And um, that really helped put us on the map to other banks. As soon as one believes in you, then it's... 
it kind of proves the concept. I think so. And then each bank, additional bank that we bring on it, I find that it's getting easier and the sales cycle is getting shorter. And then, you know, we've been fortunate enough to receive a lot of outside recognition and validation from the financial services industry. We've won some important awards. We won the 2015 Empowerment Award from the Promontory Financial Group. Uh, we were recognized by BAI Global Innovation for our partnership with U.S. Bank. And then just this year, we're a finalist for their Global Innovation Award for Community and Societal Impact with BMO Harris Bank. Um, in the spring, we were um, recognized by Lendit for our partnership with BMO Harris for the most innovative partnership of the year. So. To be recognized wow, by the financial services industry in that capacity is has been huge. And we also um, have not raised any venture capital. So that's another differentiator for us. And to be recognized, I think, in that field and not having received VC is huge. So I know you're based in Chicago, but it sounds like once you partner with these national banks, you're actually national. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, we also, so we have resources in 475 cities across the U.S. So we are really well positioned to work with large organizations who have a customer footprint across the U.S. And the original idea was um, I was working with a servicer client and they told me that their agents had on their screen, they were able to pull up the foreclosure laws because they vary state by state. And so I had an aha moment and I said, thought to myself, wait a second, if they can do that, why couldn't they pull up the nonprofits in all of the different areas that they had customers? So that's really the genesis for why we started building out um, Spring 4. And so, yes, we're nationwide and we have... Well, would you be global? Is it, you know, there's probably the same problems in other countries, Canada, Europe... Oh, well, call me in three months and ask me that question, and oh. I will have an answer for okay. you. We're not so international today. Is there something coming? There is, and we're super excited about it because wow. you're absolutely right. It, it is a global issue. Um, and so that's probably good for you. You're well-positioned. We're well-positioned, yeah. So it also sounds like, kind of walk me through how the customer gets engaged. So it sounds like there could be kind of a knowledge gap between maybe the person's at home struggling with these financial issues. How are they going to know that the bank has a door that could open and connect them with things that could help? Very good question. Um, so I think there has been a shift in what's happening in that hopefully your listeners have heard this concept of financial health. It's becoming a little more widespread. And I think that the banks are looking to position themselves as leaders in financial health and wanting to help their borrowers and customers have better financial health so we're seeing our clients messaging it out to their borrowers that are you looking for ways to save do you need help do you need assistance and so um so maybe they have some leading leading indicators as opposed to just running a bunch of facebook ads the banks know or they probably have some kind of warning sign on or maybe they don't i mean how do they know what somebody's income stress level is before it becomes a problem with repayment yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think typically when they're engaging is when there is a payment problem, but what we're trying to do and have conversations with our bank partners about how do you also do that before any of this happens? Because yeah. that's when you have the ability to probably impact and help um, the most, and then you don't see it on the delinquency side. But typically, um, you know, it, it is 
arising when they see a missed payment. Yeah, that's like when you like predictive algorithms are really helpful, but then you can kind of get in the creepy world of, you know, the robot knows everything. Right. But the robot could help you avoid a train wreck. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, banks know that. They know your balance. They know your spending patterns. I mean, they're they're either creating or in partnership with other fintechs to look at that and offer products at the right, right moment. So I, I do believe there's so much more that our bank partners or banks that we're not working with today could be doing with our technology to deliver Spring 4 at just the right moment. Which is why it's important for you to be trusted. Yes. Yes. And, um, you know, it, we're so proud of where we are today and our track record. So we've been doing this for almost 15 years, working with major brands and institutions to deliver um, results for their customers, have gotten the recognition and validation from the industry. Um, and then the fact that we have data in almost, you know, 475 cities. If you're not living in one of our cities, we have state and national resources. So essentially, you will always find an answer through Spring 4, and then we continue to add additional cities. Um, you know, that's what we're, our team is busy doing every day. So how did the name Spring 4 originate? <laughs> yeah, so when we started our company, we were actually known as Mortgage Keeper. Not um, so sexy? <laughs> yeah, well, so, you know, we started only in the mortgage space. That was the problem we were trying to solve. We knew there were going to be all these delinquencies. We wanted to figure out a way to keep people in their homes. And so Mortgage Keeper made sense. Um, but as we evolved as a company, um, we wanted a name that didn't clearly articulate what we did because Mortgage Keeper sort of became a hindrance as we were talking in this other, you know, more broader sphere of financial health. And then also, I would say 90% of the time when I told people the name of my company, they would say, oh, are you a mortgage broker? I was like, oh my gosh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Because in the Massive neighborhoods I worked in, mortgage brokers had a bad name. Yeah. Um, so Spring 4 came about because we wanted a name that was super, had a lot of positive connotation. So spring, you can look at two meanings, like spring is a new the season, season yeah, rebirth, or, you know, starting over. Or a boing. <laughs> exactly. Or spring, like the actual, like spring, like into motion, like, um, and so spring four, and then four addresses our... Uh, company principles, which is like for the number four, yeah, savings, impact, uh, connections, and integrity. So, how long did it take you? What was the, what was the creative process to come <laughs> up with that? Well, you know, first of all, any name that comes to mind, you have to see if the domain is available. So, there were lots of names that were already taken. Um, and so, but really early on, spring was what we landed on, and then. Um, the four just kind of came about when we were thinking about what does our company stand for. Okay. Oh, so you mentioned impact. So impact's, of course, really important for, you know, nonprofits also impact mm -hmm. for profits. So how do you measure your impact? And then do you have some great anecdotes of people that you've seen? Yeah. Did it some, you know, talk to me about that. Okay. So um, in 2016, we became a certified B corporation. So... 
there's about 2,800, maybe a little, a few more now of organizations worldwide. So only like 3,000 organizations worldwide have a certified B status. And didn't we meet the guy that founded the B Corp? We did. For, in a, yeah. yeah. And the Civic Accelerator, which yeah, that, was really neat. That's a fascinating model. Yeah. So um, but they talk about how do you become certified for a B Corp as, as opposed to you got the S Corp, SB, or certified SPC, there's a bunch of different things. Okay, I don't know about that, but we, well, what's interesting is, I mean, we've been social impact from the day we started. Our mission was always, how do we help the consumer? And I think if you look at our business model, you can see that, number one, we're trying to help somebody who is having difficulty. So, you know, our revenue model is not based on making money off of a person who's already financially challenged. Um, we're vetting and curating all of the nonprofits that go in there. We're not taking money from any of the organizations that are in there. Um, and so we've always been impact focused. And then in 2016, we decided to go through the rigorous process of becoming a certified B corporation. I mean, it's not easy. How um, do they decide? If you yeah. So you do like an initial online assessment. And if you get, you know, a certain score, then, you know, it looks pretty like not likely, but that you could qualify. And then you go through a process with the B lab and their staff to look at all of your documents and you're rated on social impact and environmental impact for your organization. I mean, there's a whole range of things as far as like, you know, what's the discrepancy between your lowest paid, lowest paid worker and your highest paid worker. So in 2016, we became a certified B Corp. We're going through our recertification process right now. We're also going through the legal process of converting to from an S Corp to a benefit corporation. Yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. and so, but um, is, is there is there a fee to pay for the, the B Corp? Yeah, the, okay. it's based on your revenue size though, okay. which is fair. Um, and they've created this whole community of other companies that are like minded. And I think for us, it it it's a great differentiator. I think there's a lot of fintechs that have raised a lot of money that uh, their revenue model is to charge the consumer. You know, that's not a bad thing, but for the population we're trying to serve, I, I don't think that that's really the right business model. So to us, it tells our customers in the world that we are focused on impact and we're going to stay true to our mission of helping people and our business practices are always going to be aligned um, to that. So how do you measure the impact, though? Oh, oh yes. yeah. Yeah. How do we measure? Oh, yeah. So, we just went on a rabbit hole of uh, B yeah. Corp. That's cool. Yeah. Um, well, we're measuring our impact by collecting customer stories. So, you know, people stories about how Spring 4 has helped them, um, you know, the number of referrals that we make in the categories that we make. So we made over a million almost a million and a half referrals uh, last year. So connecting people to those nonprofits. Um, and then, you know, we're working with our customers to really understand how Spring 4 is impacting not only their business, but their customers. And then the other great thing that we're starting to measure and show is the impact that we have on the employee that's using our tool. So we oh, never really thought about that. But it's a, that's, a, that's a mental stress when you're going through all that stuff. Well, so when you're working in collections, you got to imagine it's not the most fun job. 
calling people that are already stressed and can't pay you and saying, where's my money? When yeah. are you going to pay me? They can be aggressive too. Yeah. And so that's, we're really proud of the fact that we're changing the tone in the conversation. And we survey the employees using our tool and they absolutely love it because now we've empowered them to be empathetic and we've given them something to talk about and share with that customer who's struggling and they feel better about their job and they believe that they're able to provide better customer service. And the thing is, it's not it's not rocket science, right? I mean, how is it that we've gotten to 2019 and for the most part, collection strategies are the same that's always been. Where's my money or when it, when when is it going to be here? But the reality is if we don't help connect people to solutions and resources that can help them get back on track, they're not going to get back on track. I mean, people are living paycheck to paycheck. Lots of things happen that get in the way of that cash flow. So we need to start changing the conversation. And when we do, we see results. So I don't know if you can answer this question, but it kind of talks about the, the structure of this entire process. Like how do banks view how much it's worth to get a dollar back? If that makes any sense. And like, at what point do they just write it off? Or at what point is it worth pursuing through collections? And also, the, I guess the second part to that is, it's one thing to help somebody that's in default get back into compliance. But then how do you value keeping someone from not falling into default in the first place? Because you're kind of, it's kind of predictive. This person would have not paid you back if we didn't step in and open up resources. Yeah, so I, I don't think it's they wouldn't have, it's when would they have paid you back, right? So if you can address the situation sooner and give them real resources that result in tangible um, next step, then they're gonna get back on track with their payment. So that's one part of your question, which there was multifaceted. So now I'm trying yeah. to understand uh, if I even have the knowledge to answer yeah, like that how, how question. They, yeah, how, how banks just, they didn't um, engage you because you're saving them money, but how do they view it? Yeah, know? well, um, when we have the opportunity to present it to them what we're doing and how we can deliver ROI for them, they respond. In fact, a lot of times the first thing we hear is, well, this is a no-brainer because it costs more to service a delinquent loan than it does a loan that's current. Yeah, absolutely. And so we can help change that dynamic. And when we do so, they have the opportunity to save a lot of money with Spring 4. So you talked about the million referrals you've already kind of used. Do you have any individual stories? Like, I mean, it sounds like you're kind of pretty far removed from the consumer. Or do you get to know some people that you really helped? Yeah, but through our subscribers. So um, we don't collect any individual information, any consumer. We don't capture any consumer data or payment information. Um, but our subscribers will share stories with us. And I think one that I heard recently I mean, they actually shared the um, tape of the phone call, but essentially... Um, oh, you mean from the bank collection agent? Yeah. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. What, what does it sound like? It was amazing because um, the agent was calling this borrower. He was behind on his auto loan, and he was asking when his payment, when he thought his next payment, or when he could turn in his payment. And he was like saying I've been unemployed for several months now, but I'm going, I just started a job a week ago and I will be getting paid next week and I'm gonna be able to catch up on my past due appoint or um, bill. And um, I got the job because I got a referral from you from spring four. No kidding. And, yeah, and the agent was like, what? 
wait, you, you mean to tell me you got a job because you got a referral from spring four? And the guy was like, yeah, I got this great job. And he went on to say what it was. And so I didn't know you do employment matching with two, or was that just a... Yeah, we a have employment thing? and job training resources. Really? Yeah. Okay. And... Um, oh, we should talk about that next. Yeah. And the... <laughs> um, the agent was like, well, I was gonna, I was about to offer you a referral from Spring Four, but it sounds like you already got that. And the guy, both people on the phone call were so happy. And so it really changed this dynamic because at the very beginning of the call, you know, the collector was kind of just in their normal like groove of like needing to make a lot of calls and like, when is this payment going to be here? And then the borrower was able to share this and it was a win-win. I mean, you can't put a price tag on that. What that did for the borrower, we helped change the direction of his life. I mean, I think so. He got a job. He was unemployed. He was able to catch up on his bill. The collector was now feeling really great about his job at the bank and what the bank was able to do. And then obviously the bank is going to win from somebody getting back on track with their payment. So and that, then the overall, sorry, and just oh yeah, the sure. overall like value to the brand. Like you, you gotta believe that that guy is out there telling people like, gosh, I got behind on my auto loan, but my bank helped me get a job. So that's, that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, and another question, like if the bank was going to refer him, but he found you anyways, how did he find you? Did you just go to the bank website? Oh, and... no, no. He got referred uh, to Spring 4 from the bank on an earlier collection call. Gotcha. Because mm -hmm. he was out, out of work for a few months. Yeah. That's amazing. That's super cool. Yeah. Thanks. So, you know, we hear stories about that all the time. We hear stories from the people who are using the tool. They love it. They say they couldn't do their job without it. Um, that if you're... You know, if you're a financial housing counselor helping someone with their issues, I mean, again, it's all interrelated, right? Like usually if you're having trouble in one area, you're having trouble in a lot of different areas. So the fact that we can make referrals in 30 different categories, one stop shop, I feel like is goes a long way to really helping solve somebody's financial challenges. So what's next for you? Uh, you kind gosh. of hinted at some stuff before. Yeah, well, you international, maybe. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think that would be great. Um, we're always uh, adding enhancements to our current products and delivering those enhancements out to our current clients. We, What's next? I really want to move into this employer space. I think you hear and see a lot of employers talking about and understanding that if they don't have financially healthy employees, it hurts their business, it hurts their productivity. Now I'd like to see that talk and dialogue move into action. I think that we still don't see a lot of employers actually providing financial health or financial wellness programs that go beyond, here's a budgeting tool or app, and here's some financial literacy and really? educational materials. That stuff is great. But that's not going to change people's lives in the near term or the short term when they are living paycheck to paycheck and they're coming into your office or your plant stressed out about how they're going to pay for the prescription drug costs or, you know, the CT scan that their kid needs or, you know, uh, their kid just made a soccer team and now it's $2,000. I mean, those are like the things that people are really facing. Um, and so I want to see employers actually take advantage of companies like Spring 4 and present, um, you know, holistic 
products and pro, pro uh, services that can really truly impact a person's financial health. So, how do you keep your finger on the uh, the need of the consumer? Do you kind of like do feedback sessions to figure out where there's room for improvement, or what does that look like? We do surveys of our users, which is not the consumer, but we also talk to our customers about what their customer journey is like. Well, yeah, I guess that's the difference between who's paying, the banks are paying, or yeah. the, the client's paying. Yeah, um, but we have some uh, upcoming focus groups with the consumer that we're excited about. Um, I think, too, it helps to come from a place of neighborhood and community. So I was working in the neighborhood level, in the communities, seeing what was going on, and I think um, that has been instrumental in like, how we've developed our products and just talking with our users continuously about how they use it, what kind of needs they're seeing. We really try to stay on top of market trends. So looking at what are the challenges that consumers are facing. So the last few years, we spent a lot of time really increasing the resources around high medical care costs, prescription drug costs, because that is something that almost every American is facing and is one of the number one reasons why people experience financial challenges or can't pay their bill. It's because they had an unexpected medical care cost. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to throw in? I don't think so. Yeah. I, this was great. I really enjoyed having the opportunity to see you again and connect with you. It's great to catch up. Rochelle Gorey, thank you. Spring 4, thanks for making the world a better place. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. That was great. Cool.